0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Today we are going back to our roots, our episode-by-episode coverage of Star Wars Rebels. We're in the middle of Season 3. Today we're talking about Episodes 12 and 13, Ghosts of Geonosis. We're talking about a bug. We're talking about the return of some characters. We're talking about drawings in the sand that are a little bit more subtle than what might have been shown in a prequel movie. All that more after a commercial break. We have no control over Welcome back. I'm your host, Matthew. I use they them pronouns.
1: Hi, I'm Sarah Hayashi. She her. And I am Paul Hoppy, aka Zen Madman.
0: And today we're talking about, as I said, ghosts of Geonosis. Uh this has mostly been myself and Sarah. It was Ricky for a while talking about uh the Rebels episodes. Paul is once again not a host, totally not, not a host. Not even a regular guest, just a guest de jour. <laughs> and it often happens to be jour um but so this is one of the episodes you know paul was most really excited about so we're, so we're glad to have them on really glad to have sarah as well and paul why don't you take it away by uh for those who either haven't seen these episodes or saw them a while ago I want to be reminded tell us what happens in these episodes the ghosts of geonosis
1: fantastic i'm gonna literally read the wikipedia entry with a small <laughs> amount of editorialization
0: that's so, what we've been doing for years fantastic
1: uh-huh. So after the legendary Saw Gerrera, portrayed by Forrest Whitaker, and his rebel squad go missing on Geonosis, the ghost crew is sent to investigate. Ezra, Kanan, Rex, and Chopper split off to search for Saw, while Hera, Sabine, and Zeb stay behind to salvage a still operational shield generator. Ezra and his group are rescued from a battle droid ambushed by Saw, who explains that the droids killed the rest of his team and that they were rebuilt by a Geonosian survivor. Ezra, Saw, and the rest of the group pursue the, uh, pursue the Geonosian, and it activates more battle droids, which attack Sabine and Zeb. Uh, destroyers, which are very scary. Ezra manages to corner the Geonosian, and Saw controls, uh, destroys its control vi- device, disabling all the battle droids. Saw then begins to interrogate the Geonosian, demanding that it tell him what the Empire was building on Geonosis in response to Saw's questions, The Geonosian, named Click Clack by Ezra, uh, draws two circles in the dirt, concentric circles, really. Not understanding what Click Clack is trying to say, Saw handcuffs Click Clack and forces him to lead them deeper into the ruins. Ezra becomes concerned at the hostility Saw is showing uh, to Click Clack, and Rex explains that Saw's sister was killed by a Geonosian built gunship during the Clone Wars. Meanwhile, an Imperial patrol detects life signs on Geonosis and sends scouts to investigate. Underground, Click-Clack leads the rebels to his hideout, where he was protecting a Geonosian queen egg. The rebels then bring Click-Clack back to the ghost, where Saw begins torturing Click-Clack and threatens to destroy the egg and probably extinguish the species if he doesn't talk, um, ignoring the crew's objections. Ezra then points out Saw would be no better than the Empire if he destroys the Geonosian's last chance of survival as a species, causing Saw to reconsider. However, the Imperials send an attack force after the ghost, forcing it to flee deep underground. In an underground chamber, they find large containers full of poison gas that the Imperials had used to exterminate the Geonosians. Saw decides to give the Geonosians a second chance at survival and lets Click Clack go. Click-Clack flees deeper into the tunnels. The rebels then try to escape with the gas containers to use them as proof of the Empire's atrocities, but they are lost when they blast their way through an Imperial cruiser. Bail Organa notes that without the containers, there is insufficient evidence for the Senate to act, but the pictures the crew had taken can be used as propaganda to further the rebel cause. Kanan reminds Ezra that, like Saw, not all rebels fighting for the same cause uh, are for the same reasons. But Hera muses that, despite her misgivings about him, Saw proved that he was better than the Imperials. That's a really long thing.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for that, Paul. One quick note I want to mention: uh, so this this episode was aired on January seventh, two thousand seventeen. Rogue One, in which we had the live act live action uh, version Rear. of Saw appear for the first time, played by Forrest Whitaker, aired on. Uh, in December of 2016, December 16th. So they were literally about one month apart. So very clearly, I think these were coordinated to come out at similar times. And the, the authors of this knew about the, the, the view of saw we were going to get in, in Rogue One and, and vice versa. Right. Wait,
2: did you say December of 2016?
0: Yeah, so Rogue One came out December 16th, 2016. Mm-hmm. This came out January 7th of January. 2017.
2: My brain's in summer mode, and I heard you say June, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, June okay. and December are six <laughs> months they're one month apart. Okay, sorry. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it was actually
0: less than a month. It was about three weeks, yeah. probably. Right, right. So Nice. Yeah, what would you all think of these episodes?
2: Yeah, I I enjoyed them. I mean, I enjoyed. Almost all rebel episodes, so like yeah, it's hard. It's hard to go bad. Um, it was. It was good. I like. I like the two parter. I feel like we got a lot of good lore. Good. Good Geonosian lore. Saw Guerrero. What a jerk. Um, but yeah, I, I. I mean, no. No huge complaints. I guess. Mm-hmm. Paul.
1: Yeah. Um, I, uh, are you asking me for complaints? Like that's that's what I'm here for. No, you I'm you also heard? here no, no, for no, complaints. No, no, no. Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> Sarah has not really experienced the misanthrope that is Paul Hoppy, fair, so perhaps fair. We, can, we can show the world a different side. Yeah, I,
1: I usually am on the, the casts with Sarah of things that I like, particularly, True. right? True. So that helps. Um, and and I did particularly like this pair of episodes, this little story. Um, yeah, Saw definitely uh, has got some issues, but I, I liked the, you know, the... Um, sort of the treatment of click-clack in terms of the story, right? I mean, obviously not Saw's treatment of click-clack, but I, I like when they, um, you know, they have stories where there is a bit of a question about, like, you know, why like why are the Geonosians not treated as well as kind of more human-looking aliens? And it's like, well, probably because they don't look as much like humans, <laughs> you know? Um, but that... um but that here, it's like no. This is this is a person who um, lost their family, and so you know, yeah, they they attacked the people who then came in, uh, wandering about, you know, and they're they're just trying to protect themselves and um, their potential future family in this egg, and uh, you know, the the sort of the theme of uh, you know saw and like how do you go about fighting for what you're fighting for, and mm-hmm. sometimes do you you know, there's sometimes there's some sort of sanctimonious, Oh, well you have to do it this way. And it's like, yeah, that's generally, I think misguided. But then also there's often like, well, if you're literally doing the thing that you're mad about someone else doing, you're not presenting an alternative to people. Right. You're just being like, no, I'm going to be the one doing the the genocide instead (laughs) of the empire. (laughs) Empire. It's like, uh, yeah, great.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like these episodes as well. Um, I think, especially because, and I think this is very intentional. Early in the season, you had Ezra kind of flirting with the dark side, somewhat. You know, both quite literally in terms of the holocron and remembering things that Maul had taught him. Either hey, holocron. And also, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> using some techniques that you know, Kanan and others, including we had some disagreement on this podcast. You know, things like him like controlling the walker during combat. Um, and I think it was re- I, I really liked it because I think. As much as I love the, I feel like the original movies, as good as they were, they did offer a lot of nuance, but they still painted some things in fairly black and white terms. You know, I mean, the light side and the dark side alone. <laughs> um, and I feel like with every new version of Star Wars, we're getting more and more nuance. We're getting more and more gray shading of those lines. And I feel like, you know, Ezra didn't do the, like, you watch the original movies and it feels like your first step into the dark side you are now darth vader mm-hmm. and you are now the most evil evil that's ever eviled and and by the time of jedi we nuanced that somewhat but it now like having ezra explore that and have there be some level of like maybe that wasn't the worst thing he did and look he can also pull back some i like saw isn't a force user but i feel like his story is very similar in terms of like he has the good goals and And he's willing to cut corners. He's willing to kind of – he's not fighting with a code of honor. He's not fighting with a, like, we need to uphold certain principles. He is – he's motivated by anger and hate and fear, and that's clouding his judgment, which is – I just really like that because it's like it's not that the force is this mystical thing. It's that that's how emotions work, you know, that when you hate something, even if you hate it for the best of reasons – it can take you to bad places. Not always, but it can. And I, I I just loved how Saw's story, I felt like, really kind of mirrors Ezra's story. And so for Ezra specifically be the one to pull him back, it's fascinating about Saw, but it's also a really nice showing of where Ezra is in that journey as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I like what you said about the nuance because, like, I mean, even our, our objectively good guys are kind of treating click-clack not the best. I mean, it's nowhere near the straight-up torture that... Sagarera is doing. So, like, by comparison, it looks awesome. But they're like, I mean, when Ezra tries to communicate with him, like, clearly he understands basic. He just can't speak it because presumably it's different anatomy. Um, and he's, so he's like talking slowly to click clack. And the right. whole, like, you know, your name's too complicated. I'm gonna just call you click clack instead. It's also like not my favorite thing.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think there's like, um, a a little bit of an interesting parallel there to like learning names in, in languages that you can't speak where Mm -hmm. like in, 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 you know, earth human languages, like there are, I think there's some number of phonemes, right. And I think it's like a hundred something or 200 something and languages typically, I think use somewhere on the order of 30 to 50. This is ballparking numbers that I read one time, um, like five years ago, but, but basically languages, each language will use a subset of the phonemes that various, like the sounds that all human languages pull from, right? And so when somebody tells you their name in, in a language that you don't speak and that language uses phonemes that are not in your language, like, you literally can't hear exactly what they're saying in terms of understanding and hearing the difference between certain aspects of the pronunciation. Um, and so the best you can do is do your best, right? And and I think it's very important to always make this, this good faith effort, this serious effort to try and pronounce something as close to the way somebody's telling you their name is. Um, but at the same time, I do think there needs to be some understanding of like, look, I literally need to learn new sounds and learn how to perceive right. them. And as a baby, like, we learn whatever our first languages are, like, through thousands of hours of exposure, right? So, like, it's not going to be perfect. But having said that, it's like, there's a clear difference between making the effort and being like, oh, whatever, I'll just call you this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and here I feel like Ezra's, it's, like, he looks good by comparison, but, like, yeah, he he could have, probably done a better job of it right and
2: yeah and i mean like i i mean i don't expect ezra to be like the perfect humanitarian right like it's it's fine he's a kid as matthew noted, he was like just flirting with the dark side not too long ago right um so yeah like he's not perfect but i do think star wars is like a great vehicle for for like what paul was talking about like i'm learning japanese and there's like a sound that's a blending of like the english l and r yeah and i'm like i can't Make it; it's really hard. But I'm also learning that, like, the English R sound—the way that we make it by like folding our tongue yeah. kind of up—is just a—it's yeah. a, a—it's a dumb way to do it. Most <laughs> other languages don't make it that way. Yeah, it's um, certainly very
1: uncommon. Right? Very
2: uncommon, and that's yeah. why like little kids don't really make that R sound, and that's why mm-hmm. they talk with little kid voices. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm going off on a linguistic tangent. Um, I think like with with two Chubo- like Wookies, I think are a good example, right? Where it's like clear that. Wookiees understand basic, but cannot speak it, but it's fine because like most people can, or some people can understand Wookiee and they just like just go back and forth right. in their yeah. own languages and it's fine. And we have like basic names for all the Wookiee characters. Um, but I think a, a, a sort of consideration of like, well, I'm physically incapable of pronouncing your name. Is it okay if I call you Click Clack? Yeah. Instead yeah, of right. like, that's too tough. I'm calling you Click Clack. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I think that was really interesting, the way that was portrayed, and I, I, I agree with you. Like, it's not, they treat him much better, but there's still a level of, like, condescension, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know? And w- one thing I do think was interesting, and this is, like, Paul and I in Superhero Ethics have talked about this a lot, but this is such a, a graphic indication of this. I appreciated that they, they took someone like the Geonosians, who till now had always been presented to us as not only enemies, but, like... Very inhuman enemies. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, they were never individuals except for their leader or the queen. They yeah. were like, you know, a hive mind. They were bugs. You know, Rex keeps calling them bugs. So I yeah. saw. If you look at a picture of a Geonosian from the Clone Wars and then like look at the picture oh, of Click Clack. Yeah. Like Click Clack is cute. Right. You know? Right. The eyes are quite large. There's no sign of wings whatsoever. Like the things that make him look bug like are not there. Right. And, co- and compare that to a picture from the, Ge- the Geonosian of the Clone Wars. I may mean, actually make this the the cover art as those two pictures. They're radically different. Yeah. And it's like, to me, this is such an interesting case of how you portray someone. Like, how you use visual symbols to say this is the enemy versus to say this is someone you should relate to. Mm-hmm.
2: Totally, yeah. It's the whole, like, dehumanization that the stormtroopers brought us originally, right? Like, they all mm-hmm. yeah. have the masks on so we don't have to look at human faces getting... Slaughtered by the millions.
3: Yeah. Yep,
1: for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think it is interesting. Like, I, watching this episode, didn't, like, the first time I saw it, didn't really remember, didn't make the connection between these Geonosians and the Geonosians in, in the Clone Wars. Which, I think a lot of them get killed without any real thought, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and I think, were they in the, like, Ahsoka and the other... Um, Padawan. Well, we episode. first see them
0: at the end of the second movie, Attack of the Clones.
1: Oh, right, right.
0: You know, the oh, scene where, yeah. like, uh, uh where Padme gets her shirt ripped in a very what? strategic way, <laughs> and um, Obi-Wan and Anakin, sequence. they're all, like, t- fighting these big bug monsters, and then the Jedi arrive, and all these bugs fly down from the stands to fight them. Those are all Geonosians. Right, right.
2: See, I, re- I remember them from the Clone Wars, because I, I haven't seen the prequels yep. in forever. Yeah. Um, And there was, like, an episode arc where they were, like, literal zombies and they were, like, turning the clones into zombies for this, like, hive mind. And it was very, like, I walked with a zombie. And also had, like, some interesting implications of, like, voodoo and, like, African religion and how we perceive that. Go check out that episode. I know we did a whole Mm -hmm. thing on it in in, in the podcast before. But, yeah, like, from that to adorable little click-clack, yeah, they're nigh on unrecognizable. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate that there that people feel the need or that there is the need in order to make people perceive, you know, someone as being like worth consideration by mm-hmm. like well you have to make them cute, right? Like, I I mean, and I think it works like it's it's a tactic, right? It's a strategy like it's not it's not just like, oh, this is just what we're doing because it's what we've always done. But it would be nice sometimes to see someone not do that and be like, no, they're still most people are going to find them hideous. But like that still doesn't mean that they're not worthy of consideration.
2: Well, I think like size noodles is like a really great example of that. Um, she's, she's in the Clone Wars. She's, like, a lounge singer gangster girlfriend, and she's, like, a blob with long legs and a snout and, like, is, (laughs) like a monster looking like she looks like right, a character right. from all real monsters kind of
3: yeah
2: um mm-hmm. but like the way that she's portrayed is like as a sex symbol
3: mm-hmm. which
2: mm-hmm. is like really cool and i'm I'm <laughs> super into that but yeah yeah i totally see what you're saying paul
0: yeah i mean she she's in return of the jedi like she goes all the way back to being part of the the, the band at Jabba's. oh really
2: and- Oh, neat. Yeah, I'll does. have to
0: look
1: for it. Oh, is she her. in the, the extended footage also? Where they yeah. do like the, the twenty minute like ba, 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 CGI okay. ba, ba, musical. This is why
2: it. I don't remember I'm her. Exactly. Right. But I do like, yeah, she's like a weird CGI like yeah. yeah. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. That's her. Right, yeah, right, right. But
0: yeah, in yeah, her her romance episode is fantastic. It's so good.
2: And it's her in like Zero the Hut and like the Hut also, right? Not maybe Yeah. The and, and they really uh, let's
0: not. We're gonna, I'll pull us back from this tangent by first going a little further. Um, <laughs> they, they play it as like a 1920s, like mobster and mall girl, like you know, story, right? Like the mobster and his girlfriend. And like, I keep waiting for her to like break into song, like Adelaide from Guys and, Go- Guys and Dolls. Like, it's wonderful,
2: it's really good. Yeah, um, really
0: noiry. Yeah, one other thing I really liked about this episode, and <laughs> this is again me, just like I like. I think often there's this idea that if you are fighting for a good cause, then you are doing it in a good and noble and proper way. And I utterly fell in love with Rogue One ten minutes into the movie. Spoilers here, but we spoil everything. When Cassie Nandor, who's been introduced to us as our hero, realizes that the person who is helping them, the person who just spied and gave them a mission, can't escape and will give everything away. And he kills it. And, like, you know he feels bad about that, and he talks about how dirty his hands have gotten, but also the way the movie portrays it, if he doesn't do that, the Empire probably wins. You know? And it's like, maybe something else happens. Who knows? But certainly that's the implication. And I, I kind of, in that same way, I like where Saw is coming from, because you do feel like, yeah, Saw's winning battles. Like, Saw's getting stuff done. And I think we can say that some things he's going too far, especially with this, you know, Geon Ocean and the egg. But it's like... There'd be a way to tell this story where it was, you know, Hera and the ghost crew, good, saw bad. And they don't do that. They really give chance, Saw a chance to give his perspective some. And, like, I think he goes too far, to be sure. But I think, like, this and Rogue One both kind of portray him as, like, yeah, they, he, they have some points about, you know, what the rest of the
1: rebellion is doing.
2: Mm. I don't know. I definitely saw this episode as ghost, good, saw bad. But mm. I don't know. It could just be me.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's not just you. Um I, I, <laughs> I, I see it as, um, I, I feel like the episode kind of does somewhere in between where it it doesn't present to me like a real um, decision between which way is a better way, mm-hmm. but it presents Saw's perspective as being a reasonable one for him to have. You know, yeah, maybe that's a better way to put it. And and I I do think there maybe there's later episodes where Saw's you know extremism or perceived extremism or methods or whatever um do maybe look a little more um I don't know if reasonable but potentially effective in context right whereas in this one it's kind of like. He's he's pretty much just being a tool, and it's like it's understandable that he's trying to get this information, but it there there's not really any like oh well if they just did it saws way maybe it would have worked you know right um and yeah, yeah I, I think like
0: yeah. once click clack shows up especially when the egg shows up I don't think saw is being reasonable at all I'm more to mean, like early in the episodes and
2: okay yeah. and like especially like it's nice to see he and Rex right like they mm-hmm. they get along mm-hmm. they're clearly pals and we're like sure. we like rex as a member of the ghost crew but rex too has his faults right like matthew you mentioned rex keeps calling them bugs rex calls them clankers right Right, he's like this kind of old guard like hasn't really fully worn out the clone wars and even like he makes we can talk about this later um but he he um makes a comparison to between Kanan and Anakin Skywalker, mm. which is kind of like, oh
3: Like
1: in a oh, good yeah. way, right? In a good like, way. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. remind me of my friend who's now driving. Well Vader. it was like
2: I think Kanan does way. like a big Jedi jump and yeah, yeah. Um, they're like, oh pretty good. And Rex is like, well not as good as the brave Anakin Skywalker or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like But so he funny. doesn't know,
1: right? Does he know? Did Ahsoka tell him He no, doesn't,
2: right? but I think That would have been a he scene. Could. Like, I think he doesn't know because he doesn't want to know. Mm, sure. Yeah.
0: I, I. It was interesting. Someone was writing on a, uh, a post I saw about, like, that they don't believe that why Rex and Ahsoka would have parted ways. You know, that the two of them would have stayed together after mm-hmm. the events of uh, the Clone Wars. <clears throat> and one of the theories that I'm now thinking of is that it may well be because I think even, even you know, I, I think Ahsoka started to fear that something was happening to Anakin. I I think there's an indication by the end of the Clone Wars that Ahsoka has some inkling that Anakin might have become something bad. I think Mm -hmm. she knows who Darth Vader is yet. And I imagine, like, if you knew that and you weren't ready to tell Rex that and Rex was just constantly like, oh, General Skywalker, wasn't he the best Ahsoka? Right. That might might be hard to stick around with. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: If only General Skywalker were here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, but I'm really glad you brought up Rex though because I think part of what I also liked is that like Saw, I don't think Saw has something specifically against the Geonosians as much as Saw is just like, we have to fight the Empire with any tool we have yeah. and if this race wants to get in the way, well, tough to them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Rex and I will admit some of this comes out of the, no- the Clone War novels about, about the, the, the clones, but I think it, we've seen some indications of this in the show as well like, Geonosis was their first ever battle. It was the first time they had left uh, Kaminoa, and, like, a lot of them have really bad PTSD because of it, because it was just, like, this horrific battle that they were thrown into right from the very beginning. And so, like, I—yeah, it's not a good part of Rex's character, but I buy that, like, yeah, he doesn't trust droids, he doesn't trust Jedi, and he just, like, even any of the other races they fought, maybe, but he just can't get past his feelings about Geonosians because— like, that was his first fight, and it, it was a really hard one.
2: Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, it, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's totally viable. It makes sense. It, I think it's great for his character. I don't love it as yeah, an I aspect of that. his character, but I love that it's part of his character, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's not a good characteristic, but I like that it's part of his character.
1: Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. You, you wouldn't want that in a friend. Yes, but exactly.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> in sure. a
1: fictional character, it, it makes sense. Yes. Yeah, I... I didn't realize so much that this, this episode is as much of a callback to Attack of the Clones. Like, there's that line about sand, right? So good. <laughs> it's in this.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it really yeah. does get everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. um,
2: <laughs> To be fair and, to Anakin, like, what adult likes sand? I mean, yeah. Right,
1: right. I was like, oh, this... This actually is a good line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but like it it is like, you know, Geonosis was introduced there, right? And mm-hmm. and here, you know, it 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 fits well. And um I I've, I I kind of mind wiped that battle that whole movie really uh-huh. from my my memory banks, but um but I did see it recently and it's like, oh yeah. It it fits a little oddly with this, but this is another thing where it's like I could see how having seen rebels and having seen this episode can like add some enjoyment and perspective to like that movie, right? Yeah.
3: Um
1: and definitely. and like I know Matthew, you've talked a lot about Revenge of the Sith being more enjoyable yeah. or or at least palatable to you after watching all of the Clone Wars, right? And right. um and I I do think that um I I don't know. I mean I'm not going to go on about the, the prequel trilogy, but, like, to kind of take all these stories that go... That really do come from, um, like, ideas introduced in those movies, which I didn't personally enjoy. But, like, you know, I I, I remember Riki saying, I think the last time we were, we were covering, um, I think, the tw- Twilight of the Apprentice, like, that... Or maybe it was Kenobi in the first episodes. But, like, that, like... If those didn't exist, then then we wouldn't have this. So, like, am you know, would I have preferred to get prequel movies? I loved. Yeah, you know, would I prefer if the Phantom Menace weren't like didn't have so much racism? Yeah, like, would I prefer Force Speed was ever used ever again after being introduced <laughs> for literally one scene? Yeah, that would that would probably make everything a little more ca- coherent. But like, is the net result of those movies existing there being a lot of animation that i just absolutely love yeah so like i'm glad they exist you know yeah and i think
0: it's really fair to put it
1: and you know so we have this and this can either sort of enhance your enjoyment of the actual movies or just be like all right i'm glad they're there because we got this and yeah
0: yeah like there are parts of Return of Revenge of the Sith that I've wanted to go back and watch after watching some Clone Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I went back and watched it again after the Kenobi show and felt like I got, you know, even more of an enjoyment out of yeah. it. Yeah. I can't say that this this episode gave me the urge to turn on Attack of the Clones when we <laughs> watch that battle scene. Right, right. But like just thinking about it does matter to me because excuse me. You know, in Attack of the Clones, we learned that the Geenotians, you know, they're not just one of the races that is as part of the separatists. Like they're the backbone of, you know, they, they're they the ones who build all the droids, right. uh, you know, the battle droids. They're the one who apparently build a lot of the ships, and in a scene that is very unnecessary and very much tell, don't show, you know, it, it takes the idea of show, don't tell, and it's like, look, we're going to put it right in your face, even though they've basically already shown us, they show us that the Geonosians did build the Death Star, uh, or we're going to build the Death Star, and... You mentioned the concentric circles that he draws. Yeah, I I felt like that was one more reference to Attack of the Clones because at least as I see it, my, like my understanding, of what happens here is that the Geonosians helped build the Death Star, and then the Empire took these people who had been so essential to the Separatists and and everything since then, and wiped them all out to keep the secret of the Death Star. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and that when Click Clack draws those two circles, like it it looks like the circle of the Death Star with the circle of the you know, the laser yeah. in, like, the, the upper corner. And I was like, oh. And and none of the other characters get it. Right, they think it's, it's the egg,
1: Yeah, Yeah, the yeah. egg
0: or something else. I, yeah. canisters. Yeah. And I just love it because it was like, to me that was kind of a throwback to how, like, they, I remember, like, Dooku and Pogger the Elder, P- I think it's actually Pogger the Lesser. I don't know who Pogger the Greater yeah, is. Pogger but, the Lesser. like, they're talking about, like, do you have the, we have to leave, do you have the plans for the weapon? And he says, oh, yes. Right. And then later they're like, let me show you the plans for the weapon. By the way, look, here's the Death Star. Um, It's so over the top and unneeded. And this was just, this felt to me like, yeah, this is what you could have done. Just oh, out. yeah, yeah.
1: That this was the kind of subtle, if you know, you know, but they're not right. slamming you over the head. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So
2: I, I, okay, it's been over a decade since I've seen the prequels. At least. And yeah, I, I didn't know that the Geonosians built the Death Star. And when, mm-hmm. like, uh, Click Clack was drawing the circles, I was like, well, that's no moon. Um, <laughs> like, and then they're like, oh, it's an egg. And I was like, wait, is it just an egg or is this supposed to be the Death Star? And then they get to the gas canisters and they're like, oh, it's the Empire symbol that Click Clack was drawing. I'm like, is it? Or was it supposed to be the Death Star? And then I right. went on the internet and it's like, okay, no, it was. Yep. It was supposed to be the Death Star. We're Definitely, good. Definitely, yeah.
1: But yeah, it but yeah. is supposed to. You're you're supposed to have to kind of do a little detective work, right, and make make an inference. Right. You're you're given the opportunity to make an inference, as opposed to like, by the way, that's <laughs> the Death Star.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, like the funny thing is, in I, I when I rewatched Attack of the when I rewatched Attack of the Clones, there like there's two scenes. There's one scene where they're kind of talking about the plans, and like off in a corner on one of the eight screens behind them is what looks like a, like, holographic image of what could become the Death Star. Yeah. And it's very much a blink and you miss it. And right. I was like, oh, maybe it's not as in your face as I <laughs> thought. Maybe it was more subtle than I remember. Yeah, and that would have been perfect. They, they did it again, I was like, oh, oh. nope, okay.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, like, they got it right the first time. They were like, let's make sure you really get it. And it's like, eh, it may be unnecessary. Yeah. Although I imagine there was, like, a, a, a reaction in the theater, you know, when people first yeah. saw it.
0: In my theater, it was booing, but yeah. Think, think, <laughs> really?
3: Yeah.
1: I don't remember uh, seeing that one in the theater. I remember, I mean, I'm sure I did, but I remember specifically where I was seeing The Phantom Menace. Uh-huh. I was in Kansas City visiting my mom. And, nice. Um, I think right after my aunt had died, so not super nice. But um, but uh-huh. the other one, Revenge of the Sith, I remember seeing with a bunch of Taekwondo people, including one who had just like smashed someone's face in. And talked about relating to Anakin Skywalker. And I'm like, mm, mm.
0: <laughs> this, this isn't the best. <laughs> That's yeah. So so for me, Phantom Menace opened literally the night of our graduation week. I don't remember if it was the night of our graduation weekend or if it was the night that our final. Because fi- I graduated '99. Yeah, when yeah. It came out. Yeah, same. And it came out in May. <clears throat> so it was either the night of our last final or the night like that started off graduation weekend. But either way. A bunch of my friends from, like, the geeky community in in our senior class, and some of the younger classes, too, but especially the seniors, all, like, like, we were going to go to the midnight showing. We were planning to do that six months in advance because we saw how the dates lined up, and we were so excited. And Mm -hmm. then we all walked out, like Mm – it was just a weird thing. We were all kind of – I remember a lot of us were, like, afraid to say we didn't like it. Right, right. And it was maybe, like, everyone else liked it, and we just didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until, like, we were in, like, a diner, you know, two in the morning milkshakes or whatever, and, like, a couple people started to be like, yeah, I, I thought this part, and five other people were like, yeah, no, I didn't like that part. Yeah, and yeah, And yeah, all just kind of, yeah. anyway, we're now way off topic. <laughs> but once again, I will last tangent, and then pull us back.
1: Call um, it a secant, because then we're going all the way through the circle to the there other. There we go. You know? There we go. Yay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. So that was a secant. I will now a descant and the circle is now complete. That I don't know. I am um, just uh... a plus, a one plus. more, and you're editing this episode, uh, <laughs> which is fine to me. Uh, no, make it very <laughs> if, we, if we keep
1: it short, I'll edit this episode. Yeah, I think we're gonna. I think we're, we're gonna, doing pretty good. I feel good.
0: like the, I feel like we've said most of what I wanted to say about this episode. Is there other big things you wanted to get into, or small things?
2: Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the the topside group. Um, oh how, yeah. like I, I, I don't know. I like how we get Zeb and Sabine and Hera. Like, I when they first split up, I thought it was weird that, like, Zeb wasn't going underground where the catastrophic battle might have happened. Right. But I really like him being paired with Sabine retrieving this, rea- like, uh, shield generator yeah. situation. And then the, like, slowly trying to navigate around the minefield of battle droids. I don't know. I just thought it was like a really interesting scene and a really nice moment. A lot of really nice moments between Zeb and Sabine, which like we don't isn't a pairing that we usually get. And I like that Yeah, they're mixing it up who we who we see together.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, like you don't you also don't get a lot of Kanan and Ezra and Chopper. I mean you get some, right? I guess that's the Mm -hmm. same crew we had in like Twilight of the Apprentice, also. But Mm -hmm. like having different sort of subgroupings, I think is really nice. And and yeah, Zeb yeah. and Sabine and like, you know, the, the sort of like figuring out to use the shield generator as a, as a shield generator. I <laughs> yeah. kind of feel like that, Hera said to do that, right? I yes. kind of feel like yeah. that would have been a Sabine idea from what we get from her later in the series. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I like that Hera thought of it, but it, it feels to me like, like maybe Sabine could have just been like, "Yeah, I'm just going to do this thing because like I'm a tech I genius." It's kind of
0: both. Like Hera said, "Is there a way to do it?" And then oh. Sabine figured out how to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I think you're right.
2: And I get what you're so, saying yeah. about like Sabine. It seems like Sabine would have come up with that idea, but I mean, I don't know. When you, when you've got a hammer, all you see are nails, sort of situation, right? <laughs> right? Like when you've got or a what? little narrow path to get back to your ship.
1: Yeah, or like when you're surrounded by destroyers. Like yeah, you
2: know, <laughs> not your I, most I, brilliant I idea. Sort of raise
0: an eyebrow that like as the destroyers were turning on, there was a good like 20 seconds before their shields turned on and I was like, maybe fire now?
1: Well, um, but- there, I mean, there's like a full second between when they shoot at them and then the shield goes on and deflects the blasts.
3: Yeah. Yes, and an I didn't see trip.
1: Kylo Ren stopping the blasts, you know. <laughs> that's so, But, you know, that's just, yeah. that's, that's dramatic. That's called dramatic editing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah.
0: And it was nice to see, yeah, that they didn't, they didn't like cause your first zeb has that like no we can we we can fight our way out of this and harrow's like no you can't you right. can not. Yeah. yeah and have it be like zeb be like oh okay no actually we can't like instead of it just always being like they can always find a way right yeah. right, yeah
2: yeah and even like the the just like okay they're destroyer droids is that what they're called yeah i i,
1: I could be making that up
2: no, I believe no, I you. you can call destroyer. Okay, sure cool. sounds good. I buy it. Um, I like. So we saw. This is our second time seeing them in Rebels, if I'm correct. The first was when they had that like weird mock battle on. Oh right. The planet with the droids. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm yeah, great yeah, at remembering one. names. I'm sorry. Get in the comments. Um, and I like. I think then I complained like they didn't. They they accidentally figured out that you have to like slowly go through the shield. You can't get something going mm-hmm. fast through the shield. Um, and it was, like, Saw and his sister who were the ones who were, like, training um, oh, yeah. Anakin's yeah, crew, right. like, in the Clone War to, like, slowly... So I thought this was that was, like, a nice tie-in to have these droids again when we're seeing Saw again and, like, being reminded of Saw's sister. But, like, Saw was still a jerk while his sister was alive. I mean, granted, his planet yeah. was, like, being attacked, so maybe that's what started this this extremism, but the whole, like, oh, they killed his sister, it's like, no, well, he yeah. was a jerk before then, too, so... Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know
0: In a lot of ways, I feel like Saw is very similar to me to Cham Sandula. Mm
2: -hmm. In like,
0: Mm, he has, you know, he's fighting for the right cause, but he's kind of more interested in, like, his people than the larger cause. And he, like, both of them are kind of into their own ego and kind of into the idea that it's their way or or no way. Oh, yeah, Um, totally. And and they're both sympathetic. I mean, like, with both of them, you're like, yeah, like, Cham's been screwed over by every alliance he's tried to make. You try to understand why he's like, nah, I'm done.
3: Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I I get why Saw is the way he is. I just wish he wasn't. Um, yeah. Right? Because it's not, it's not great. And I think yeah. I I do like the way that Saw is in this episode as kind of a, like a good guy who's not necessarily doing good things. I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, and I'm circling back to it. But like, this idea of like, maybe just because you have the right cause doesn't necessarily mean you've got the right actions. Or, like, you can believe what you're doing is for the right reasons, and, like, maybe yeah. it's not. And, like, how they tied, um, like, Ezra is talking to Saw on, or maybe may even Rex, I think, who actually, like, finally got yeah. to him with, like, you're no better than the Empire if you're just gonna, like, yeah. kill Clickclack basically. Um, and then, like, yeah, like, the Empire presumably believes what they're doing is the right like what they're doing they're doing for good and right reasons right and so like if saw is kind of slowly going down this path of i'm doing this for the good and right reasons like how how far is it before he gets to the like where the empire is at
0: yeah i I mean in some ways he's kind of similar to anakin in that like Mm -hmm. anakin and, and i think the clone this is one of the things that the clone wars i think shows best that the movie's never really captured Anakin saw the horrors of the clone wars and saw just the destruction and wanted that to stop. And he saw the Senate bickering and arguing and doing nothing and it not stopping. And like, you know, I think he was like, look, if I'm just in charge and I just tell people what to do, things will be better for everyone. And Mm -hmm. that's, I like, I don't think it's true of everyone, but I think a lot of, you know, I, I think a lot of like authoritarian leaders are just out for themselves and that's awful. But I think there are some who like maybe start from a like the world would be better if it was this way, and you know try other means and they don't work and they're like okay no 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 I'm just gonna take over and make things like that's half of Batman villains yeah you know? or, like <laughs> I just want to take over and make things better um, yeah. I, the one Thanos, I think I have the most right? yeah Thanos um I never remember her name but the villain at the end of Supergirl season one you know oh, yeah. who like know she wants to take over and make everyone stop emitting carbon to fix the planet <laughs> and like especially in a world with joe manchin i'm like please just do that you know like take away <laughs> i'll that. give up five years of free will to not die of to
1: to then have you know extra decades of free will essentially yeah
0: yeah exactly and, and for my, children and my grandchildren and sure. everyone's future yeah yeah yeah
2: so. oh i don't know it's like eco fascism is a slippery slope and I don't love necessarily that's the thing.
0: yeah because that's the thing is it's the like. I, I think the problem is often the like I think Anakin is very much this yeah. is once you te- once you say I am the person who can save everything now anyone who gets in your way is an enemy of saving everything mm-hmm. and that's how you just can justify the most worst like I don't think Palpatine ever wanted anything but oh yeah
2: ultimate power yes Palpatine. yes 100% yeah, yeah, no, I think, yeah, Palpatine is in it for ultimate power, and, like, because the dark side feels so, so good to him. Um, but I think, like, a lot of, yeah, like, lesser, hi- lesser higher-ups in the in the Empire are presumably doing it because they want to bring peace and harmony to the galaxy. And, oh, these, these darn rebels are standing in the way of this order that they're going to impose, and things are going to be so good for everybody if they just let them control everything. Two, yeah.
0: two books that I would strongly recommend if you enjoy stories like that. One is Dark Disciple. uh I'm sorry, not Dark, Dark Disciple is a great book, no. but no. uh One is Fallen Star, mm. which is uh that's the one it's about, like two kids who grow up and one goes to the rebellion and one goes to the empire. And it's a fabulous romance, among other things. But it really shows, like, these kids who grew up in the midst of the Clone War and are like, thank God the empire's here. Mm. um And the other one, I'm only now starting it, but it's. Um, called dooku jedi lost and it's actually a screenplay for like a i think a a movie that never got made Mm -hmm. um but it really goes more into count dooku and shows how he was someone who was deeply frustrated by the senate deeply frustrated by the ongoing war and deeply frustrated by the direction that the jedi were going among other things that the jedi were getting so involved Mm -hmm. and it was and he also like he truly cared for his apprentice um, you know, his former Padawan, Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm. And that's Qui-Gon's death in doing something that he thinks the Jedi... Like, I don't, I don't think I would agree with his vision of what the Jedi should be doing, because he's very arrogant and thinks the Jedi should have more power, but also kind of just not get involved in these petty squabbles. But it's him being like, I, I can't be a part of an organization that would let Qui-Gon die for this silly little planet that no one should care about. Mm. And like... I, I disagree with that, but I very much... I was like, that makes him such a more interesting character than just mwah, ha, ha, yeah.
3: power.
1: Yeah, I mean, he definitely sounds like a more interesting villain than Palpatine, you know? Pa- I mean, and I think Palpatine is deliberately not super interesting to give room for, you know, Vader to be interesting, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and for for everything else to happen. And I think there's value in that, in having a just, like... This, this dude's evil. Uh, defeat him and everything will be less bad until we make yeah. sequels. Um, but, like, I, I, I think, you know, actions have intentions and consequences. And, you know... Th- Often there's people who have what, I mean, obviously what they consider good intentions mm-hmm. and we might even agree with them like, oh, those, those are good intentions. I agree with what you're trying to accomplish, right? But like the actions they take aren't necessarily going to have the consequences that are intended. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the time that's, that's where you get with some of these um characters or real world leaders where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, okay. You're going to accomplish this, but but then what? And then now you're going right. to accomplish this. And, like, maybe you are making some of the progress you intended, but maybe there's some other unintended consequences and things can, like, spin off the rails, you know?
0: I think that's really true. I think the another part of it is that, like, when you're in that mindset of, like, I see this problem and no one else is talking about the problem and everyone doesn't see the problem the way I do – when someone comes along who sees the problem, mm. that person can manipulate you so easily, mm-hmm. you know, because like – and I think that's like – I wish I, – I, I wanted to see Palpatine – like in some of the books, you start to see Palpatine do that to Dooku. Mm-hmm. I think Palpatine does do that to Anakin. I think that's what, you know – that's how you get people voting for authoritarians or liking yeah, authoritarians. Sure. They feel like no one else is listening to their concerns. And along comes this person who says, oh, I feel all your pain and it's their fault. Right. Yeah. You know, whoever yeah. it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think like Saw is like a good example of like the beginnings of that at least. Like, cause, like they say, you know, he's he's fighting against the Empire. He's got the same goal as us the ghost crew, the elimination of the Empire. But, like, his methods are vastly different. And even, like, it seems like his motivations with Click Clack are just, like, he's angry and he wants payback for what happened to his sister. And he's using the, like, and this will stick it to the Empire as, like, a little sugar coating to, like, make that pill go down Mm -hmm. a bit easier. Like, I fully believe Stahl's lying to himself about why he's so upset with Click Clack and why he needs to, to like take him and interrogate him and yeah. who cares what happens to this egg i i, I got this at, go
1: ahead
0: Bob. i do I want to, to do throw
1: thing. in one thing that like when i first started watching this episode i was like oh right this is going to be relevant later like click clack did kill all of saw's people right like
2: well not personally but sure
1: <laughs> no no but i mean had them killed right i mean if you consider the droids weapons that was click clack weapons? Oh, oh, right? gotcha,
2: gotcha, gotcha. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. At the beginning. Yeah. You,
1: oh, um, not like the. That. Yeah. You know, I'm not talking about his his people. People. I'm talking yeah, about his, his crew. Crew. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like he goes to this planet to do a thing. He brings a crew, and they all get killed by click clack. Like it is very understandable for him not to be like, okay, let's let's proceed reasonably now that you've killed yeah. everybody else I came with. You know, I, yeah, I and I'll admit, I'm going to give some
0: told, I completely forgot about that. Right?
1: They don't like. They they like have that be a plot point early, and then by the mm-hmm. second episode, they kind of drop that, and I I think that does a little bit of a disservice and makes it a little bit kind of, um, yeah. you know, it lets a seesaw more just as this yeah. um, guy who doesn't have a point. Which when you were talking earlier, I was like, well, I don't really feel like they're showing, you know, that maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong. It's like, well, he, and and maybe that's still true, but like he. Definitely had a very reasonable reason to be mad. Like you killed all my people right here. Yeah. I came sure. with these people; they're all dead now. I, like. But there's
2: like there, there's like one throwaway line too, which I wish they would have elaborated more on. Which is like you kind of broke into his house.
1: That's with a bunch too.
2: of guns. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. what you were expecting here,
1: right? Um, right. And
0: like I. I kind of like that in many ways it lets us forget, because I think the episode is supposed to be kind of from Ezra's perspective, mm-hmm. and I think sure. he forgets. But, yeah. it, oh, but yeah. I, yeah. I think it would be much more powerful if, like, towards the end, Saul was able to be like, hey, he killed all my – like, someone was like, why are you so mad at him? Like, right. He killed all my people. Yeah, it's like, and like, oh, Ezra has to be like, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- though there is, I thought, one other thing that I think is happening with Saul that I actually think isn't about particular feelings towards Click Clack, though there's a lot of that, too. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, another thing that can happen as you start to get into that mindset of, like, everyone's against me, everything is, you know, standing in my way to get the good and the just and the right is, you know, everything is going wrong intentionally, you mm-hmm. know? And so, like, to me, I think one of the central things is that, like, everyone else realizes click clack would happily tell Saw the answer to his question, Right. But they can't communicate with each other. Yeah. yeah but saw is like no 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 he he he's just lying he's just not yeah. right. he could tell us if he wanted to and i think to me that was really interesting of how much saw gets locked in that place of like i won't believe that this is just impossible i he, you always think no 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 that it must be a conspiracy it must be a plot mm. they must have a reason it's never mm-hmm. just like it's just yeah. a bad co- thing that you can't communicate to each other
2: yeah yeah, and I, like framing it from the he murdered my whole crew just moments ago, or like a week ago. I don't even know. I don't know what a yeah, cycle some is. It's peri- like a day, some indeterminate week.
1: period of time before. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. A, a, an indeterminate period of time ago. right? So like he's trying to finish me off too, but Saw's not thinking of it from the I busted into his house with a crew and a bunch of guns Absolutely. perspective. Right. Yeah. He's thinking of like I came here to do a mission and investigate where all the people mm. went. And there's this one lone soldier who's, like, eradicating all people who come to this planet. Therefore, it's him. Yeah. Right.
0: And, like, there was a moment where I was kind of like, okay, so you want to get more information from Click Clack, but ClickClack wants to stay and bury this egg. There's a protocol droid somewhere in your fleet who can <laughs> translate, like... You could just bring that droid here. Yeah. Like there is a solution here somewhere. Bring AP5
2: but... on missions. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I was going to say we don't have this problem with C3PO around. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, we
2: have a lot of other problems. We have a
1: lot of yes. other problems. Maybe the that's whole the trade-off, right? It would not have gone as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> jumping across that chasm would have been a little rough. Yeah.
0: Oh
2: gosh. Oh. I mean- I
0: did love that scene though. I I I've really loved both cos from the disability side but just also for the character. Watching, I think in many ways, Kanan is a stronger Jedi now that he has lost his eyes. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of exactly what the Bendu said, you know, um, your eyes will never work, but you will see again. And just that scene of him, like, he has to ask someone else to shoot the thing to make the bridge fall. But once it does, he can catch it Mm -hmm. and turn it. I I was just really moved by that scene.
2: Yeah, I I liked the scene, but... If you have the force powers to hold up a bridge with two dudes on it, couldn't you just hold up the dudes themselves?
1: Y- you would and, think.
2: You right. Mm, <laughs> you no. Know. Like I thought don't he was going to catch don't look it. look at what the magician
0: is doing behind the curtain. I know. Just look at the pretty lights. But like
2: <laughs> the the easy explanation is like he just like it's big enough, he catches it and like places it where the bridge should be and then they walk right. across it. Right? Instead right. of he holds it and Yeah, levitating at it the, the whole same time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I'm, I'm I'm with you on the, like, I mean, just the scalability of Jedi powers to the writer's whims yeah. across yeah. all of Star Wars, I'm looking at you, Force Speed, is, like, <laughs> pretty Force epic. Healing. And Force yeah. healing, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> I loved it. Like, yeah. If anyone bothered, like, if I was going into battle all the time with this Padawan who was going to kind of often get in my way, I would make sure they would always learn Force healing, you know? Right, and right, right. Like, uh, but it Obi- seems Obi- like people...
1: People didn't all know that that was a thing, right? Like, yeah. there's all these things that, like, you can learn to do. And then once one person discovers metal bending, everybody can do it in the sequel. Wait, that's the wrong yeah. show. Well, it's...
0: Like, like, if Qui-Gon, if Obi-Wan knew just a little of that, because, like, apparently, like, yeah, five years later, getting stabbed in the gut is not actually, like, threatening. Yeah. I know. It's
1: only
2: for Qui-Gon. So if like...
1: Qui-Gon were just angrier and wanted vengeance, he would have been yeah. fine.
0: Oh, we want you needs to put a band-aid on it.
2: So. Yeah. Well it's clear, like Ray just watched the Mandalorian episode that aired right before uh Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when it's Skywalker like, came on, out. On I was like, oh right. Yeah, a little while but after, I mean hey. I like so you mentioned Dark Disciple a minute ago, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I just finished reading it. It's A plus super great. So good. So good. So good. And I like they, they talk about um Quinlan's power of mm-hmm. like stuff and like getting force memories and it seems like that's a special to him power and I would really mm-hmm. love to see like see it more explained that way like grogu has magic force healing powers the end right? right like this is a thing that he can do and it's his like special talent um right and like other jedi can tap dance or whatever like they right. have other specializations and like some jedi can't just like there's one who could super speed run and that was it.
3: Right. Because right, they right.
2: knew it really well, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Qui Gon can become a Force Ghost and, like, taught Yoda, who taught Obi Wan, but yeah. not every Jedi right. can become a Force Ghost. Like, there's these little specializations, and, like, some people are good at things and some people aren't good at things. And that's why mm. we have these disparate levels of ability. I would, I would, yeah, like to see that. It's interesting that they've done it for a couple Jedi, but haven't just
0: have made it, it for everybody that's a yeah.
3: Thing. Yeah. yeah yeah like you know
0: quite uh quinlan makes sense to me he has auspex level four spirit time right right yeah yeah um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i was thinking <laughs> about i was like
1: what <laughs> level of auspex is that <laughs>
0: i think it's four what is Maybe it's three uh it's from vampire of the masquerade oh. a role playing game that paul and i played quite a lot when we were younger I've and still play every now and then mm-hmm. at least i do all right i do think we should start wrapping up though now um like 20 minutes ago, I was worried we didn't have much more to say, and then we found eight more things, so this is not surprising, but it's worth note. Um, Paul, what are you up to these days?
1: I am... Well, we're doing a new thing, right, where we are going to stream on Twitch every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Uh p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Panda time, and... Um, we're going to be doing, I guess, mostly superhero ethics on those days, right? But I, but maybe after when like Andor comes out, we'll do more. We'll do that. Yeah, I think I think right?
0: it's mostly going to be superhero ethics, but we're also choosing that day because that is the Wednesdays of the day that Andors are going to go. Andor is going to go live, uh, Chris, you know, Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning, right? So it'll be a like if there's a show that comes out, it She Hulk is also coming out that same uh, like two weeks later on that same day, but Disney yeah. Plus is basically just gonna drop everything Wednesdays. to yeah everything's coming out tuesday midnight wednesday the next day why? um so yeah don't why know. but um yeah so we're gonna do that we're gonna start not to uh probably yeah when you hear that this episode will go up on thursday and the first time we're gonna do it will be the wednesday after um have we picked our first topic for that wednesday
1: i think we're doing um ipman four and uh cobra kai four yes
0: season 4, yes that's right
1: which cobra. have uh uh similarities in certain ways and uh some some easter eggs too which i really enjoyed so i think that'll be fun
0: Sarah, your face lit up, so if you want yeah. to join us, uh, you and, and Riki are both very welcome. <laughs>
2: we I I on. he was is watching Ipmon, who I thought was Ip Man for the longest time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. I, I um, thought it
0: was I, I I thought it was IP Man. IP man. <laughs>
1: That's
2: a common one. Intellectual property. Man. One. Um and I just caught like the tail end of it where it was like, Ip Man helped China defeat Japan in World War Two. And I was like, <laughs> Is that how that went? Um, but yeah that's, that's, I, a, claim. that's yeah, a claim
1: Yeah, that's, that's maybe time. not a fully historical account we did a podcast on the first one and, and talked about that
2: a little Good. bit as well great. I'll have to give it a listen Yeah, Sarah, what are you up to these days? Um, oh my gosh, so much work uh, yeah <laughs> I'm teaching and sleeping and that's about it, it seems um, but you can find my stuff I, I'm on Instagram at Sarah Hayashi Art I keep saying I'm going to make a website one of these days, but
0: Who knows? Awesome. Awesome. You definitely should. Yeah, I I still have some of the uh, ceramic products I got from Sarah, some great, uh, like, coffee mug things that are – I've actually been eating soup out of. Uh, Ah. When I had root canal and I couldn't really chew anything, I would just, like, get, like, a soup that had no chunks, like tomato soup or something, pour it in one of those mugs, you know, heat it up, and then uh, just sip out of it. It was great. Yay. Of course, uh, you can find all the things that I do at TheEthicalPanda.com. That's where you'll find this podcast, Superhero Ethics, other stuff that I do from time to time, Panda Vision. We were talking about The Boys and Umbrella Academy. And you can also, there find all the ways to give us feedback. We love feedback. We love hearing from you. What do you think about these episodes? What do you think about Saw? Is Saw your hero. Is he misunderstood? Is Saw terrible and you, you hate him or you, you think he's a great villain but someone you <laughs> love to hate or hate to hate? <laughs> Either way, let us know. All the contact information. All the contact information is at theethicalpanda.com. So please check all that out. Check out all the things that Paul and Sarah are doing. Uh, And most importantly, we're we're all fans. Let's be good to each other.
2: Kenobi! Someone had to do it.
1: (laughs) Yep, It's
2: good. Oh man. I hate sand. Gets everywhere.
1: (laughs) Sand is the worst.
2: It was so, like, it's a not terrible line if you don't immediately compare it to your lover afterwards i right, guess
1: right right <laughs> yeah exactly like just in a vacuum it's like that is a that is a sentiment i can agree with yeah it is very annoying growing up on a desert planet lots of chafing i'm sure right yeah. but like not romantic
2: yeah. not
1: a romantic thought
2: It's definitely not in the movies. I think in I, Clone Wars and in like even in like Dark Disciple.
1: I feel like in Clone Wars it's fine. In the movies, it's I mean, yeah, it's not very good.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, it's real I fast terrible. Go through those scenes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I rewatch the prequels,
2: oh my, yeah, gosh, Jedi.
1: I mean, sort of. What?
2: No, insult is intentional. That's yeah, what the "in" is for yeah.
1: That's yeah.
2: Because women are trash, and they wouldn't want me anyway. Because I'm not no, tall. it's
1: no, it's not intentional. It's involuntarily.
2: Oh, it. involuntary. it's involuntary. Oh.
1: That's where it comes from. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Have a good one.
2: Okay, cool. <laughs> it's going to be that same Google Drive because that's what I know. I'm sorry. Cool. Okay. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Cheers. Bye. Bye.